You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Uh, Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. Wayne, there's two subjects that really come to the fore today. Number one is tech. The other one is commodities. I don't know if you're very familiar with tech, if you invest in tech, but certainly there are two sides of the story. Number one, the China regulatory story. And number two, the extraordinary results from certain companies in the United States of America last night. Where do you want yes. to start? You can start with either of them. You can start with uh, the war on tech. Let's do so. Look, What's the objective here, do you think? Look, we can go back. This has, been, this has been going on for a long time. This is not new. It might have intensified in the last week or so, but it's not new. Governments don't like big tech. They don't like big companies, just that all the big companies now are, 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 are tech. And you can go back over many, many years, the breaking up of uh, – Bell of of Mar Bell when when one company owned every phone and every exchange in America you can go back to the Edison Group where one company virtually owned all of the electricity generation in America so governments don't like big companies that can wield enormous pressure and influence and today big tech might even be a little bit worse than that simply because of social media. Now, I know that's not really 10 cent per se, and we can talk about that now, but social media can change elections. It can change public opinion. It has enormous influence on what the general population thinks and feels and believes. I mean, you can get disinformation, misinformation. They are in an enormously powerful position. And I mean, I don't know how many times the Facebook and Twitter and all of them, I don't even know all their names, have been called to testify in front of Congress for something or the other or the other. And there's legislation that has been passed and there's more coming. So this is just a continuation. Governments don't like organizations and companies that influence enormous pressure because it takes away from their authority. But how can so you, how can you stop it, Wayne? It's part of it. Yeah, but you can't stop no, you it. You can't stop it. I mean, Wayne, you, you, no, have, you, a, you have a Twitter it. account and you're, you're not a frequent user of it, but occasionally when a set of results comes out or you, you've stopped doing what you're doing, you think, okay, let me send out a tweet because maybe it's, yeah. it's good for the company, maybe it's good for myself. You cannot stop somebody doing that. So short of closing the no, companies can't. down, then this information can, flow and these opinions up, will, will, be, will, will prevail. You can break up monopolies. I don't understand what you mean by a monopoly. What monopoly on words, communication? You can, mean, you, can that, that, no, you can say that a particular company is too big in this field Yes, and they must either split geographically, or split somehow, or actually allow. I mean, you can take the classic example of um, Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft at one stage dominated everything, but they were clever. <laughs> they allowed everyone to use their operating system, so they didn't come under monopolistic attack because everyone had access. But now you take all of the digital sales platforms, you know, they're now being forced to allow everyone access to their platform to sell their goods. They can't be pickers and choosers as to which goods they are selling on their platforms, all the app stores, you know. So 
Governments don't like these monopolistic, they can't legislate against communication, but they can certainly try and legislate against one company dominating a particular field or a particular area of communication. Okay, so it's not it's vindictive. Same as when, when, you used to, when you used to have one television station for the whole of America, ABC, yes. that, you know, it just had too much influence. And others, others were encouraged and were, I mean, same as here in South Africa, when we only had SABC and Mnet came along. Yes. You know, Mnet was allowed one hour free time to promote themselves on SABC because the government realized that you cannot have these monopolies because you, you, then you monopolize public opinion. So I think this whole attack on this edutech is just what they're attacking. I think it's just an attack on these massively influential companies to try and curtail their power. Whether it works or not, I don't know. Whether it's right or not, I don't think it's right. But that doesn't matter. Governments don't like it. Wayne, it's not right and it won't work because there'll be mutations, just like there's a mutation of the COVID virus and it'll go on. They'll be, they'll say, oh, we've, we've got COVID-19 under control. Well, wait a second, there's this one and this one and this one. It will just mutate and people will continue to communicate. So if their goal is to stop communication and stop people no, having freedom of speech, that is, of their course it's their goal. Flex muscle. Their goal is to flex muscle, to show their authority so that Next time a big tech company does something and the government doesn't like it, they've just got to talk and the big tech won't do it anymore because they're scared. So they're just flexing muscles. They, they need big tech as much as what anyone else needs big tech. So they don't want to shut it down. They just want to exert their authority. Same thing happened with Alibaba and trying to list Ant. Yes. Because Ant went into, Ant went into banking. And in China, they said, uh -uh, banking is exclusively a government function. You, you, you can't extend credit because then we have no control over how much credit you extend. So they just closed it. And so it's just exercising authority. So now how many times have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whatever we chat, you chat, we all chat, have been called up in front of the Congress to say, how do you, how do your algorithms work that you aren't favoring a political party or favoring a particular viewpoint or against another viewpoint? Do you allow free access? How do you control what ads the people see? Because they just want to exercise authority over this massive, massive segment of society. Okay, let's uh, let's go on from that. We could go on forever about this, uh, about the yes. ideological and the regulatory aspects of, of this thing. But anyway. There were some great numbers last night, Wayne. I mean, look at Microsoft. Look at yes. Apple, for goodness sake. Look, even at YouTube. I think they, their revenue no, over the quarter was $7 billion. These are astonishing yeah. numbers. They can continue yeah. as well, I think. Look, they can continue, but not at the same pace. I mean, could last year and this year, but could the current environment be better for a media company or a social tech company or a tech company. It doesn't get better. We're all sitting at home watching YouTube and Netflix because the restaurants were closed the whole of last year. You couldn't go out and party. You still can't go out and do all the, you know, so the environment was very favorably disposed to anything online last year, whether you were selling data, selling goods, selling entertainment. So, you know, it doesn't get much better than this. 
Okay, it doesn't get much better than the, the last year, but unfortunately, or rather fortunately for the tech companies, habits are formed and we have formed yes, habits good. and they will continue. I mean, people will maybe, no, they will continue, maybe people will go back to work. It's not quite at the same pace. Yeah, no, that's no, the point, I think. Exactly. No, I they think will it. continue. They are, they are definitively here. Mm. And ultimately, the whole lockdown and the whole of last year have put them two or three years further down the track than what you thought they would be before the lockdown. So they have had a boost, but the growth rate will be slower into the new year as things open up and as I suppose we start doing more of our old things and not just sitting at home online. Well, it's the same as the, the commodities, which is what we're going to come on to next. I mean, there, there won't be as much yeah. growth in iron ore. Iron ore won't go from 50 no, uh, to, to 200 much, in percentage terms, uh, from 200 to whatever the percentage increase would be yeah. if you compare 50 to 200. But the point is that they will stay at an elevated level, I think, at the moment because of the extraordinary uh, bounce back in the world's economies. I saw the UK did the IMF yes. in increased its prediction of UK economic growth uh, by uh, by some percentage yeah. point and you know, house prices and everything else. So we, we've got a, a couple of days more in the sun, I think, Wayne. I think so, and I hope so as well, because it's very beneficial for South Africa. It, it truly is very beneficial for South Africa. I think the commodity cycle is very different to the tech, the tech thing. The tech thing is structural. Yes. Commodities are cyclical. And we're in a massive upcycle. I mean, the iron ore price has gone from $40 to $200-odd 200, 200 in five years. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's a normal cycle. And hopefully it stays where it is now. But it will turn down at some stage. I mean, I doubt if it's going to 40. I doubt if it's going to 60. Maybe it only falls to 100 or 90 because there's no new supply coming on stream. There's no massive wall of supply as we saw in 2013 to 2015. But commodities are still cyclical. And we've got good growth this year and good growth next year. So the commodity prices should stay up, I hope. But they are going to turn down at some stage. Okay. And what did you think of the Anglo-American stables results this week? Uh, and notably Anglo-American I mean, platinum and Kumba iron ore. Spectacularly good, yeah. but predictably yeah, good. Spectacular. Now, I'll tell you a little story about Kumba iron ore. Go on then. In 2015, end of 2014, beginning of 2015, I thought I was extremely clever. Go on. Kumba had fallen <laughs> from 600 bucks to 130 rand. Yes. And I thought, surely this is a buy at 130. And I bought it. And it went from 130 to 30. Okay. And you held on and to it, of I course. Felt, I held on to it. Yes. Thank goodness for that. And then it promptly goes from 30 to 700 over five years. Where did you say? And it? the dividend that they paid out, the dividend they announced yesterday for six months was double the share price at the bottom. I think it and was 72 rand 70. I think they paid, they paid out their the, rand. The share price was thirty-five odd rand in twenty fifteen. They paid out all their earnings in a dividend yesterday. It's extraordinary. Well, they've got so much cash. What does it matter? Mm. There's so much cash and it's burning a hole in their pocket. Whereas they almost went bankrupt in twenty fifteen. And remember, Anglo American wanted to sell Kumba Iron Ore because they didn't think it was strategic. <laughs> they were so desperate for money that they were going to sell uh, Kumba Iron Ore. You know, and then and then you look at you look at the platinum companies. I mean, they've got a seventy percent net margin. I mean, can you 
you know, a 70% margin. I mean, that is just totally and utterly astonishing. Um, so you got, you got, you got Amplats that went to 180 Rand in 2015. It's now 1,800. So that's <laughs> 10 times the amount. Anglo American went to 55 Rand, uh, 55 Rand in 2015. And, you know, it's now, what's it now? 650 or whatever the price is. I can't that was the high, yeah. It actually went to about 52 and a half, 53, but these are semantics. Yeah. But anyway, it's gone up more than 10 fold, Wayne. And this is, this is not a, and that's a, a small commodity cap. company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the, but that's, that, that's the beast. That's the nature of the, of the beast for a commodity company. You know, they, they are heavily cyclical. So, you know, if you look at Anglo-Americans price, price history, mm. I mean, it's actually been a reasonably good share over time. But on, well, let me just look here. I've got the chart up in front of me on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> eleven times in 15 years, the share price has more than halved in a relatively short time space. In other words, a two-year time space. Yeah. So, I mean, these shares, these are commodity companies. You must never forget it. So I don't think, I, I, I really don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as 2008 or 2002, and especially 2015, because there's simply not this massive wall of new supply coming on stream. But it doesn't mean the price can't fall. I think commodity companies have become more mature at boardroom level. In other words, they say, well, we've got all this cash. What do we do with it? Let's go and find somewhere yeah. in Siberia uh, and buy some obscure mine and uh, see what happens. They're paying out to investors and they're consolidating yes, well, they, their they, positions. That's what they're doing. And they literally almost went bankrupt yes. five years ago. So that's still fresh in their memory. But understand they've got to spend the capex at some stage because every single day that mine's operating, they are they are diminishing that resource. You know, you're not selling intellectual capital, and you're not selling software. You know, you mining. You know, Kumba iron ore pulls out, you know, 10 million tons every two months, whatever the number is. That once it's out the ground, it's gone. You've got to go and find some more. So at some stage, they're going to have to spend the capex because they've spent nothing. Capex peaked in capex peaked in 2015 at about $160 billion of CapEx. And I think the level now is about $25 billion, and it's been like that for five years. I don't even think it's 25. It might even be lower than that. And it's been like that for five years. So there's a lot of catch-up to do, eh, because they're diminishing. And you can see in Kumba's results, I mean, it's interesting to read the results and actually go through them. What they've done is they the cost per ton of iron ore at their main session has gone up by 40%. So in other words, they are now at these high prices mining the lower quality ore bodies right. because they say, look, in the future when the price falls to 80, we're going to mine to, ma to maintain our margin. We're going to mine the better quality ore bodies. It doesn't matter what you mine now at $200 a ton. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it costs you $60 a ton to get it out of the ground. But when the price falls back to 80 or 90 or 100, you're going to start mining your $40 per ton iron ore to try and maintain that margin. Yeah. And lots of guys are going to do this, you know, and, and that's what a mining company does. But I, I sincerely hope because the only way as a country 
we're going to pull through the COVID and the unrest and all of the additional uh, grants and um, uh, assistance to the economy. The only reason why we can do this is that in comparison to a year ago, the government's probably getting in 150 billion rands more tax, and that's mainly from mining companies. Yes, and of course that also is cyclical. So, Wayne, yeah, it, it, it's a fascinating yes. story, but I'm glad the mining companies are being more responsible. I'm glad the commodity prices are holding up, yes. even though you're skeptical of them. And I'm glad that we covered both of the subjects that I wanted to in the last 16 and a half minutes. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.